Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Refresh is tomorrow. If you haven't registered, you've got to register. Passion Worship gets into town in the morning. I'm going to be kicking it off with a Bible study on the grace of God tomorrow night and how it how it uh, flows through serving Him. Very encouraged. Refresh is our ministry conference. We, as a church, have been doing this for the region for 10 years. This is our 10th year. After taking a year off, uh, no more years off. Uh, we're going to run with the vision that God has given to us. And this year's kicking off a brand new season, a brand new direction, a brand new... Uh, ministry focus, a brand new heart for Refresh, and you're invited. And I know you guys on the East Coast can't be here, um, but you're invited. We're we're going to be gathering together tomorrow, and uh, we're going to kick it off with passion. We're going to have an extended time of worship, and just really, um, just really seek the Lord together. Uh, that's the essence. Our heart is to encourage you, and there is a cost involved. It doesn't. It, and, and you just need to know, it doesn't come close to covering all the costs. We subsidize this event for on, on purpose uh, because it's our heart to invest in the church. I picked that principle up from Pastor Chuck Smith. Of all the years he put on conferences for us and charged us just a bare minimum amount, and he covered the he, what I mean by he is his fellowship family, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, covered so many of the costs, and that's our heart too. Um, That's our heart. Our heart is to invest in you. And so come on out. Go to calvaryaurora.org slash refresh. You can call the church office right now if you're in Colorado or Wyoming uh, or listening online. Our church number is 303-628-7200, and they can give you information. But we're doing all registrations online, and it's not too late. We have some spaces yet available. And we would love to serve you. It doesn't matter what flavor of Christianity you are, uh, what denomination you might be a part of. We are here to serve the broader body of Christ. Uh, Even if you are listening and say, I'm not a believer, you're welcome to come. We would love to, to serve you, share the gospel with you, and it could be that in, in an event like this, yeah, a Christian ministry conference at a church could be the event that changes your life. And we would, all the hard work, everybody's running around uh, getting last-minute stuff done, It's all. it would all be worth it if one, if one two, ten, a hundred people got saved. So it's not exclusive to even Christians. Come on out. You're welcome to come out. It is open to all, and we'd, we'd love to serve you and preach the gospel to you. Calvary Church is on Hampton, uh, one block east of Tower Road in southeast Aurora. We're actually right across the street from the movie tavern. Uh, we have prayed for so many years of buying that strip mall, buying those theaters. 
Um, we couldn't, we didn't. So we bought a piece of land across the street and it's much smaller, but you know, God, God, um, uses it for the glory of God. And, um, I was thinking about that yesterday. It was just a pile of dirt 14 years ago. And now it houses a very vibrant, that pile of dirt that was going to be a, uh, urgent care center, I think is what it was slated. Uh, first it was going to be a park, then they decided to sell it. And now it's a church but it's really just a building. It's only the church when we show up. And uh, and it's a school, and it's a radio station, and it is um, addiction recovery. It is a Spanish uh, church. It is unbelievable what God's doing with a piece of dirt. And with us, made of clay. So it's all dirt, isn't it? And what a privilege. So tomorrow we're putting on a big conference. It's the biggest thing we do as a church uh, every year, and it, and it's designed to be big, and it's not designed to be bold, and it's designed to go right into your heart. And we are flying passion worship out. Uh, you know their songs because your church sings them. Um, Kevin, can you type to me what the song is that uh, is most popular right now? We used it for the spot. I forgot the name of it. Um, so um, passion worship. Um, things like, you know, people like Chris Tomlin came out of Passion. They're from Atlanta. Louis Giglio is the pastor there. We're flying out their worship team, and they're going to be serving us. So uh, it is it is good. So what do you mean I'm not supposed to be saying what? What am I not supposed to be saying? I got a note from the producer um, that says, you aren't supposed to say that. I wonder what I said. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Call me. Uh, in the beginning of the show, the lines are wide open, so grab them while you can. Uh, we had quite a few text messages that I tried to get to yesterday. I answered them after the show. Uh, if, <clears throat> uh, uh, if you can come out, uh, if, you, if you can't get on the air, you want to text me, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. All right, let's take your calls and your questions. Uh, I've talked enough about Refresh. Last night we had Bible study, as we do on our midweek Bible study. A lot of churches are moving away from midweek. Uh, we aren't. Uh, we like to gather together. We pray together, take communion together. We sing together. Uh, we hang out and fellowship together. As a matter of fact, last night I had a meeting after service. I don't think I got out until 10.30 or so, 10.45, and there were people still in the parking lot. You know, <laughs> uh, I remember the days back in California when I was going to Calvary Downey uh, uh, that we were uh, they would always shoo us out of the sanctuary. We were the last ones there. They'd flash the lights because they wanted to go home. You know, I get it. They have families to go to. They've got to go work in the morning. And then we'd finish it off in the in the parking lot. As a matter of fact, um, Marie and I, in those early days, you know, I did I did really sense a strong call of God on my life to to minister to people, to serve people. And, and one of the ways I did that was in the parking lot after services. You know, I'd be ministering to someone. And, and in those early, earlier days, uh, Marie would be in the car waiting for me and and a little bit impatient. You know, she was a little bit impatient and I was 
a lot insensitive to what she was feeling and thinking and and it became uh it became a, a crisis you know it became a marriage issue and we we imagine this we were worshiping god then i was serving people in the parking lot and then we'd fight on the way home you know why are you taking so long i've got the young kids and josh crying in the back and you know all of that and we finally sat down and worked it out so that um, we did. We ended up doing both. Um, we worshiped together, but then we also uh, were able, I was able to stay in the parking lot and Marie was able to go home by. The solution was we drove in two cars. And for most of our married life uh, in ministry, we have driven in two cars. And we have driven to church with our kids in the car with us. and And so... Uh, it was a good solution because we were able then to do what the Lord's called us to do. But if Marie was tired and needed to get home or I needed to stay late and minister, that's what we were doing. So 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. We have lines open. If you haven't been on, you need to do it. Give me a text, 720-336-0897. I think we have a text. Let's see. Uh, I was wondering if you give me your quick thoughts on the radio about the young man that was testifying yesterday uh, that his brother was uh, killed by the Dallas uh, police officer with the message of forgiveness. Uh, I did watch the video, and it was it was an amazingly uh, beautiful expression of forgiveness. Um, it sounds to me, I don't know all the facts, but it sounds to me like it was a tragic, tragic situation. I mean, it was obviously tragic in the loss of life, life but the way it happened and all the circumstances, and I love uh, the statement that was said in relation to you know, I wish uh, the best thing that could happen to you is that you uh, enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the power of forgiveness. Here's the thing. Um, forgiveness is unilateral. And what that means is, is that forgiveness is something that God in, uh, commands us to do. And in his strength and power, we are able to do. But the gal, even in, in the embrace, could still choose to uh, resist um, repentance and resist remorse, uh, resist um, the sense of, of you're right, I, I was wrong and could fight it. Um, you know, I remember embracing someone in forgiveness and they never changed. I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, it was in great tears and it was great agony and it was um, at a church in Castle Rock and we were surrounded by pastors. My wife was there, and forgiveness was extended, and the person and their family never changed to this day. And so forgiveness is unilateral. And I mean it, you know, when we say we forgive, like it's, it's, it's absolutely accurate. But without repentance, without change, without change by the, the other person, there's no relationship. And that's just the way it is. Um, that's how people end up separated from God for all of eternity. God provides forgiveness, but it is not re responded to with repentance, and people die in their sins. So, 
Give us a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Uh, let me just uh, take a quick text call as the phone lines are on. Uh, what are your thoughts on amillennialism? I reject amillennialism. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't believe it is a proper exegesis of the text in any way whatsoever. 303-690-3000. Let's go to the phone lines. Charlotte from Aurora, Colorado. Charlotte, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Hey. Hey. How you doing, Charlotte? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so I was just calling because my uh, my testimony comes from the Refresh Conference in 2013. And I actually um, was saved at that conference. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, so this conference is like very near and dear to me. Um, I uh, was in a relationship that um, the Lord was already really speaking, um, and I was living with the guy that I was with at the time. Yes. He was really just, the Lord was already speaking in my heart that I needed to not be living with this, um, with this man. And he ended up not wanting to go to the Refresh Conference, and I said, well, I'm going. And I was still very new, so it was very, very... I went by myself, and it was it was a little uncomfortable because I didn't really know anybody. Yes. But the Lord used this lady, and it was appointment for me because she was to see the, the trouble in my heart and just, just being there. And um, she came up to me and very randomly asked if she could pray for me. Yes. I didn't know her, and she just she just came up to me, and I said, yes, please. And that's when I just really, really poured out my heart and told her my situation. And um, and I that was pretty much my time in giving my life to, to the Lord, because I was even going to Calvary for a year prior to that. But because I grew up as a Catholic, I thought that I already knew God. Yes. <laughs> but um, she, there on my completely changed probably within a month not even a month I moved out of my boyfriend's house um and and ever since then I mean I've my, my story there and I just I'm very excited about this weekend and what the Lord has and and my story today is that my daughter has has kind of backslid and, and not really serving the Lord anymore but just in this last maybe a uh, week or two, yes. the Lord has really just brought very godly people in her life, and it's mm-hmm. just an answered prayer, and she'll be there tomorrow, too, and this weekend. And we're very, you know, I was thinking of your testimony, and now, and now I think of seeing you doing what that woman did to you and ministering to people, and, and I overheard, because I was praying next to you in your group, in my group last night, and I overheard your prayer for your daughter and how Refresh is going to be a part of that. And and we're just very excited for this weekend, and we're very blessed to have you a part of the fellowship. Well, thank you, Pastor Ed. Thank you so much. And so I'm let's very, pray. very happy to be where I'm at and where God yes. has placed me, because the things that he's doing is just, it's only by his, only, only he could do. <laughs> it's not me. It's true. And it's by his grace and mercy that he's just, Poured upon just even in my own daughter's life, you know, even though they've they've kind of strayed away and where they're at, I, I know that he has something much bigger than I can imagine. It's true, you know, and I think all of our kids get to that place in their life where 
their faith has to become their own. And it's a scary time for us as parents because they're really pushing the edge and they're maybe even making some mistakes. And and especially for those of us that got saved later in life, I, I can speak for myself, but people listening right. can agree, you know, to where they're at. But I know that as a as a new believer and as a new parent, I I was so afraid uh, in those early years that my kids would turn out like me. That I parented out of fear. Uh, I parented like like even legalistically in those early days to try to yes. oh no I'm going to put this guard this guard this guard until the Lord really busted me and convicted me that. Number one, they're not going to turn out like me because they're not as bad as me, and they're not me. They're going to turn out to who who God wants them to be, and it's not right. fear. You know, fear fear is not a motivator. Love is the right oh, motivator. Amen, amen to that. And and I, I've probably done a couple of those things myself, but I just always remind them, you guys have, like, you're only in your 20s. You're in your early 20s. Like, I, That's right. you know, God didn't get old of me like I was in my late 40s, so... Yes. Uh, let's 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 do away with you know twenty years of just everything that I know I went through. So yes, well let's uh, pray. But yes, uh, thank you, Father. We just pray uh, for the for the fam for Charlotte and her family and the work that you're doing in her life and Lord the ups the downs the highs and the lows and especially her girls. We we pray for them. Um, I, I pray for them. I remember them often with where they are in their walk and the things that they've seen, the things they've experienced, um, the the reality of you dwelling in them and and just in the in in their decisions, Lord, that you would establish them in their decisions to live for you and honor you. And we pray for refresh, Lord. We don't know what's going to happen this weekend. We don't know how you're going to use it, uh, but we do know that that you will use this gathering for your glory and to honor you, and that you will be lifted up. You will be worshipped, you will be honored, and we will go along for the ride in our responsive worship to your great love to us. And so, Lord, just continue to all the people working today and running around, taking care of this, picking up that, cleaning this, getting that over here. Would you would honor all the hard work that's offered to you, but for the sake of your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Can't wait for this weekend. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. All right, let's go over to Dwight. He's also in Aurora, Colorado. Dwight, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? Good, how are you? So, good, good, I'm blessed. Got two questions. Uh, one right. is, I've heard many uh, preachers speak about the building of the ark, Noah's ark, okay. taking 120 years. Where is that in the Bible? And also, I heard another preacher the other day saying there was more than a billion people on the planet before the great deluge of Noah's Ark. Where, where are they getting this? Okay, well, the first question, uh, we have to put pieces together from the book of Genesis. And so the, the, first, uh, the first mention of Noah is in his life in, is in Genesis chapter 5, verse 32. And it says in that passage that he's 500 years old. And then when Noah enters the Ark we know that he's 600 years old. And, and so we don't know how much time has spread. Um, you know, the, his, how long it took to build the ark would actually depend on how much time was before between chapter 6, verse 14, when he was given the instruction, uh, and chapter 7, verse 1, when he was commanded to get in, um, which is anywhere between 100 years, and then the 120 years actually comes from 
Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, uh, where it says, My spirit will, uh, shall not abide with man forever, for he is flesh, and his days will be 120 years. And so the, it's, a, it's an attempt to put passages together. Uh, you, could, you, you could use the age. So, so the real answer to the question is, the Bible doesn't say specifically how many years it took to build the ark. But putting the math together, you can come to some kind of conclusion that it probably took about 100 years. Yeah, that would indicate 100 years from the time he started building it to the time he got in the ark. Well, that's a long time. I mean, I guess he was preaching or at least, you know, trying to get people to wake up, you know, and nobody would. So uh, the, the billion, is that just uh, speculation or is that, what would you uh, guess on that? I mean, is that it, even it close? Is. It, so another so we've got another this this is an area that I'm not very good at so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I need to probably look it up on um, you know with Ken Ham because they spend their whole life on this but the rapid population increase uh, is is very possible in relation just to see how the population is increasing today. But there's nowhere in the Bible that says there was a billion people. It's once again doing mathematical calculations, some practical assumptions based on the text. Um, but it is possible that there was a rampant... I mean, the, the other thing that I think of when I think of a question like that is just like in Matthew 25, uh, in the days of Noah, I think it says, that the last days will be like the days of Noah. And so with the days of Noah, we know that there was a rampant um, uh, population increase. We know that people lived longer uh, than right. what we have today. And so that would increase the number. But he says in Ma you know, Matthew 24, verse 37, in the days of Noah, they were, so will the coming of the Son of Man be, as in the days before the flood, they're eating, drinking, marrying, uh, giving in marriage, and they didn't know until the flood that uh, came that took them away. It's Matthew twenty four thirty six, and so I it is it is conjecture. It's one of those questions where the Bible doesn't say specifically, uh, but the reality is is when you do the math and you start calculating the amount of years that were available before the ark before the flood, it's super mm -hmm. possible that there was a billion or more. Yeah, because people living to be eight hundred years old, you know that's quite a while. Nine hundred years old. Hey, can I give you yes. just one more? Uh, in the Revelations, I heard the preacher say that, I guess he did the math, from the time of the, of the rapture, okay, to the time where Christ coming back through the clouds for the second coming to defeat the Antichrist and the false prophet, he says, if you do the math, there's only one billion people left to face Christ when uh, he comes back for the second coming. Yeah, I haven't done the math, but if you look at the judgments in the Great Tribulation and how many how much of the population is wiped out, uh, you could come to a conclusion based on the amount of people. The only problem right. with that, I, I mean, I guess again, you could take. We won't know for sure, right? But I guess you could take the the claimed Christians of the day. You would minus that from the population, and then you would take that population and start to look um, with the percentages in Revelation at the beginning of the tribulation of how many people die in each of the judgments, and you could come right. to a number. It wouldn't be exact right. in any way because we don't know how many real believers are here, but uh, that right. that's how I would do the math if I chose to do it that way. Thanks, Pastor. Sorry to take up too right, much time. No, you. great Talk questions. You later. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's go over to Shelly. She's also, everybody's in Aurora, Colorado today. Shelly, welcome to the program. 
Hey, Shelly, you, you with us still? Line three? All right. Let's go to Angie in Colorado Springs. Angie, welcome to the program. Hi. Thanks, Pastor. You're welcome. I I just need a lot of prayer. I'm going through something that I, I never thought I would be going through. I, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory, I guess. I, I, um, I was married for about—I was with the same man for about 19 years. Off and on, he um, had a, a very sad history of abuse, and we went through the worst of the worst, if you could even imagine. He and I just—oh, my gosh, he is a narcissist, and he's very abusive, and we would work things out and then get back together and try to work things out, and then we would separate— we have two children together, and about two weeks ago, he kind of just out of nowhere just said, oh, by the way, I am, I don't want to be with you anymore. I met someone else. I'm getting married, and I've already told the kids. I've already told the kids that I'm taking them to another state. He's he's just become—there's all these mind games and all these tricks and all these evil things yes. that are happening, and he's got the kids saying slanderous things to me, and it's just— breaking my heart and i keep trying to be so consistent with him and being patient and being consistent with the children and praying diligently but i just keep not seeing seeing it outside of this and it's just so exhausting and i just okay, need so prayer i'm going to pray for you and then i'm going to give you a couple thoughts that you can chew on okay okay when, okay when we're so when we're so consumed with a situation that's outside of our control and it's deeply affecting us emotionally like you're like you're going through and it's hurtful and it's painful and it actually seems like you know things are getting piled on one another harder than hard more difficult there's a couple things that that we need to remember number 1 is to keep our our faith in Jesus Christ at the forefront of our mind and that means i'm Absolutely. i'm going to be reading my bible every day I'm not necessarily reading it to be a scholar or, you know, to study it. I just want to be reminded of God's presence, God's truths. You know, I would suggest yes. you go into the Gospels and just read about the life of Jesus, how faithful he was, how wonderful he was, how patient, how merciful, because that's that's our Savior. And it will, it will sow seeds of peace into your heart from the God of all comfort. And then when I do have the ability to make decisions— I want to focus my decisions on the things that I can control, right? So the time I have with my kids, I'm going to love them as if nothing's happening. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I don't want to it acknowledge does. the difficulty of my ex. I don't want to acknowledge, you know, some vile thing comes out of their mouth. Well, I'm going to treat it as if they just learned it on the playground, and I'm going to teach right. them the opposite. I'm going to teach them okay. the truth, and that's going to minimize. It's not going to eliminate, but it's going Absolutely. to minimize like the heightened emotion that you're feeling, you know, as you were sharing, I was almost going to say, please, I don't want to hear your story, but I'm glad that I did hear it because I'll tell you why I wanted you to notice. And maybe you can listen when we podcast this, when we put this on the podcast that you can listen to this program and you started out at one level, but by the time you finish your story, you're almost crying. Yes. And, and here's the thing, the, the way, if we continue to rehearse our story that we have no control over that is an attack of the enemy, then we're falling into the trap of the enemy. We need to rehearse our story as it relates to our, our position in Christ. So true. Now, I, I was teaching this to the church, and one more thing, I want you to down, if you don't already have our free app from our church, I want you to download the app because I just taught a Bible study on how to handle discouragement. Okay. And 
and I gave eight things that really help us with dealing with the discouragement, which is part of what you're dealing with, and, and it'll, it'll help you to press on through this difficult time because it won't be so bad in a while. Okay. And so just go to the App Store and put in uh, Calvary, Ed Taylor, or Calvary Aurora. Our free app is there. And then in the book of Hebrews, the last two studies are for you. Okay, definitely. You'll see it right on the homepage. So, Father, I pray for my sister, uh, the difficulty she's going through. Encourage her, strengthen her, and give her wisdom to move forward, healing her and infusing comfort in her heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. uh, We'll be right back. You hear the music coming up on the break. Thanks. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Well, it is the uh, second half of today's program, so glad you joined us. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, a Calvary Chapel fellowship in fellowship with all Calvary chapels, every variation of Calvary Chapel, and uh, very, very grateful for my family of churches, but we're also in fellowship with every true church uh, in our community because we are the body of Christ. Every real, true, God-honoring, Christ-teaching church, we love the body of Christ and love our, we love our role. We have a specific role in the body of Christ, but we recognize we are such a small part of the big work of God, and may the Lord continue to use us in these last days. A shout-out to everyone on Hope FM, you guys in Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Shout out to you guys in uh, on Truth FM. A shout out to you guys on LP FMs around the country. Welcome to Calvary Live. If you're listening anywhere but Grace FM, uh, you're listening to this delayed uh, one week. And we don't air it live around the country. Instead, uh, they play it one week delayed. It helps. It helps to. It helps. Um, we don't have the technology here. Um, that that we can with all stations. So they just pick it up with a week later. And that's pretty cool because anytime the show is on, you can call, you will get a live answer, a live broadcast, and then you'll get to tune in the following week to hear yourself on the air. So I think it's kind of cool. But here on Grace FM, you guys are live. And again, I want to invite you to refresh our ministry conference tomorrow. You just heard the spot for it. Passion Worship's coming out from... uh, Passion's Worship is coming out from Atlanta, Georgia, They're going to be leading us in worship and taking us into the throne room of God. Pastor Al Pittman is teaching. Pastor Jimmy Humphreys is teaching. I'll be kicking it off Friday night. It is a ministry conference. It's open for believers and unbelievers. It's open for pastors and elders and deacons, Sunday school teachers. It is not an exclusive senior pastor only, you know, a very specific segment of the church. It is open. We love the church. We love Calvary Chapel. We love the, our Baptist friends. We love our Foursquare friends. We, we, we love our Reformed friends. We love our Independent friends. Our, we love the Vineyard. We love the church. We love the church. And you're right. There are things that we do differently. Um, we view some things differently. But we, we lift up the name of Jesus Christ. We, of course, we're different. Praise God for diversity. Praise God for differences. That means with all, I remember Pastor Chuck teaching us with all the different people in our community, 
where I praise God for the different churches that are put in our communities to reach our neighbors. Um, I'm always blessed. I'm, I'm always blessed. Like when I hear somebody come to church and go, "Man, uh, my neighbors just got saved," and I'm like, "What? We're here?" And they said, "No, a new church came to town, and they went to it, and they got saved." And I'm like, "Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord!" Um, however, I do love our church, and I do love our style of ministry, and I do love our philosophy of ministry, and I do love the heritage. And I'll tell you why. Because I walked into a Calvary Chapel in 1991, and the gospel was preached to me, and the Bible was taught to me verse by verse, simply uh, in a way that I could understand it. And I was born again. And I was discipled for eight years in a Calvary Chapel in Downey, California, near where I grew up. And it was from Downey, California, that I launched out here to Colorado and uh, had the privilege of planting this church uh, back then known at Calvary Chapel, Aurora. Then we went to Calvary, Aurora, and now our name is Calvary Church, Aurora, and uh, or Calvary Church, Colorado. And it really doesn't matter what the name of the church is, does it? As long as we're reaching the lost and discipling the saved and sending them out. And so we're celebrating 20 years this year. Uh, and this is the 10th year we've done the Re- Refresh Conference. It's our 10th year, even though I think we took a year off and um, not taking a year off anymore. Uh, We're going to be launching off into the deep and continuing to provide this conference to our city. So you are invited. It's not a Calvary Chapel thing as much as it is a church thing, Uh, even though it will have our flavor and, uh, you know, but it's a church thing. So come on out. Let us equip you, encourage you, strengthen you. Uh, There is some limited space available. We've got free gifts. We've got giveaways. We're going to have some fun. Uh, And it is... Uh, an invitation to be refreshed. Be refreshed. I was just finishing up the word that God has given me to share. I had a message prepared, and then last night, last night during our service, God changed my mind um, and uh, inspired a, a new message. So I finished it up this morning, and I'm looking forward to delivering it and the anointing and the unction of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so come on out. You don't even have to be a believer. You want to come for good music. Come on out. You, you'll love the music. These guys are world-class. Um, but even if we had our own worship team, or we had our you know Nick Kroger out, uh, or Chris Kroger out, or we had uh, the team come out from Vail, uh, Calvary Chapel Vail, or we had Mississippi Avenue Baptist Choir here, uh, the Mississippi Avenue Baptist Church Choir here, or we had the folks up from, uh, uh, from Riverside, like Baptist Church, like, hey, there's anointing on God's music through the people of God. So um, whether we have passion or a local church's worship team, you will be blessed. Uh, and it's going to be a great time. So we got open lines. I had a couple calls here on text that I'll take, but you got some open lines, 303-690-3000. Pastor, what is the Bible stance when it comes to alcohol like wine? I personally have it once a week because I've heard that it was a health benefits, but I've never, ever gotten drunk. Am I sinning? Uh, the answer to your question, am I sinning, is no. The prohibition in the Bible toward alcohol is drunkenness. And so the Bible nowhere, anywhere, teaches that drinking is a sin. Uh, the Bible on many occasions teaches that drinking isn't wise, that drinking leads to drunkenness, 
The Bible on many occasions teaches that if you're in spiritual leadership, it is not good for kings, O Lemuel. It is not good for them to stay long at wine. And it's just not wise. But no, you're not sinning. Um, I I would just say be careful with it, uh, because it is one of those substances that can bring you under its power. And unlike coffee, um, when when wine brings you under its power, uh, it can really jack you up and ruin your life. Truth. It's true. That's that's one of the reasons why I, I abstain, and I ask the leaders in our church to abstain, uh, the, the, the people on staff that take of the tithes and offerings. I ask them to abstain willingly so that they don't stumble people and that they don't find themselves in a place of compromise when if they have too much by accident or whatever it might be. Like, hey, let's be careful of this. But no, it is not a sin to drink a glass of wine. I would just say be absolutely hyper careful with it. Next question online, uh, texting. You can text me directly, 720-336-0897. Is, uh, I've been uh, dealing with suicidal ideation for a while. Tried to press into Jesus and find hope. I want to trust, but it's hard. Um, I know hope always gets the last word, True. Um, and when depression comes knocking, we should ask Jesus, true, to open the door. But I just feel like it's not doing any good. What's a good Christian way to deal with hopelessness and depression? Uh, and I know we've been texting back and forth during the break, so I'm glad you're still listening. But um, let me let, let me just speak truth into your life. Uh, it is working because you're alive. And you have fought every single thought. that ha- You have been, let me put it this way, not only have you fought but you have been victorious over every single thought. And I commend you for abiding in Christ and receiving his strength each time. And I know you've been been listening um, to some of the things that we've been putting out on this topic because you quoted them in your text. And I commend you for that too because you're planting the seeds of truth into your heart. And like I shared with the caller from Colorado Springs, when we're overwhelmed with things that we can't control, we want to focus our mind on and action on the things that we can control. And, you know, you're, you're just dealing with, your mind is, is spinning out of control, and I'm sorry for that. I, I actually understand that to some degree in my own life. And I understand how grief kicked off a lot of horrible, depressive thoughts in my mind. And uh, just a, a few years of, I was just texting a friend of mine in California today that, man, there was a few years, I just didn't think I was going to get out of it. And I'm a pastor. I was teaching the Bible every week. I was coming to church. I was leading our team. I was, I was serving Jesus Christ. I was abiding in him. And the thoughts didn't go away. I mean, some days they did. It wasn't like every day, but like grief. Um, I, I was, somebody shared with me yesterday, a, a brother in the Lord, that, that his son, he lost his son, and he was back doing what he was, you know, back to work in a week. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Um, I wasn't back in a week. Uh, I wasn't back for weeks, and I wasn't sure I was coming back. And I, I probably in a place where you are right now. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't suicidal, but man, I had some really bad, bad thoughts and just deep darkness. And and then there's some complications in my life too, in the sense of other spiritual warfare that's related to certain people that made things worse. And and just, but we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So when I made it a per- people thing in my mind, I made things worse. 
because my victory is in the Lord. It, people don't control that part. And even Jesus, I remember, he says, why do you fear people? They can only kill your body, but you should fear God who can take your body and soul. Like, you should live with fear of God. And I just began to apply the principles of the scriptures, the things that I've known and been taught, despite what I'm feeling. Because here's the thing about feelings, you guys listening into to me right now. Feelings are real. Every single one of them. You're feeling what you're feeling. Uh, and it's real. And it, feelings can be overwhelming. But you got to remember this. Feelings don't always tell us the truth. And God, he enables us to not live by our feelings, but to live by faith. I trust God. I, I made one of the points in my Bible study that I'm recommending to you. Go to, our, go to your app store, download our free app from the church. Just put in Calvary Ed Taylor. And I think if you just put Ed Taylor, it'll pop up now. And just put that in your search engine, download it, you know, in your app store, download it. It can be on, I think we have it on Apple TV, on Roku, on every device, Android, Apple. It's been downloaded multiple thousands of times. It's been open millions of times. And so uh, get it. And on our on our homepage is our study through the book of Hebrews. And the last two weeks uh, have been dedicated, uh, have been dedicated to um, discouragement because it's just been so popular. Um, and you know, our friend, um, we lost a friend a few weeks ago, Jared Wilson, a pastor at Harvest Christian Fellowship, uh, who I had met personally, a great guy. And then we we also lost a, a valuable man to the body of Christ to suicide, um, our our own missionary's dad, uh, in the Johnson family. And it's just brutal. And then, of course, what you're going through and what Angie's going through and what everybody's going through. But here's the thing. God is true. And I, I, one of the points I made uh, in the Bible study was this. You know, we, One of the antidotes of just getting through the day is prayer. And when we pray, it's, we're not praying and crying out to God that our, we're not kind of pretending things are good. Like We're praying not because our circumstance is good, but because God is good. And he is greater than our circumstances. And, and, and all, you, all we need to do is really think back a few days, a few years, a, f- a few weeks, a few months, a few years, right? Because I, I can see God's faithfulness in the past. The last big thing I was in, he got me through that. And even though for, for about three years, like I really didn't think I'd pull out of it. Um, something broke inside of me when I lost my son. I don't know how to describe it. It's just irreparable physically, mentally, emotionally. But in the Lord, I'm already healed. And I'm not talking the false faith theology. I'm talking about the comfort of the Lord and his promise to me. I'm talking about in the spiritual realm, I'm whole. In the spiritual realm, I have hope. In the spiritual realm, I'm going to be in his presence. He's forgiven me of my sins. I'm going to be reunited with my son. In the physical realm, I lose my son. I lose everything that was related to my son because of other decisions that were made. And it's sad. But I put my hope in the Lord and not in circumstances, and I trust God with my life. And it's not just little cliches. I'm not giving you little Christian cliches. Just read your Bible and pray and take, you know, take a couple of verses and call me in the morning. No, it's true. The early church faced a great problem and difficulty, but they came together all the time to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. And it, 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 as bad as it, you can come to church and have and and have suicidal thoughts. Come to fellowship, 
You can be battling your mind and read the Bible. Read the Gospels and, and be reminded of the compassion of Jesus and the faithfulness that he demonstrated. He said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is the, mani- the, the manifest presence of, of God on the earth. God the Son in human in a human body. So you guys that are depressed and discouraged, you guys that battle suicidal thoughts, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I wish you didn't. I wish you didn't cry yourself to sleep at night. I wish you didn't feel so alone. I wish you didn't feel that there was such great injustice in your life. I wish you weren't battling all these feelings. But we are. And I'm, I'm, I'm reminding you today that no matter where you are in your feelings, you can still press into the things of God. And when you say in your text, it's not working or it's not doing any good, that you're just not telling the truth. A better way to say is, I don't see it doing any good, but I trust God that it is. Because it is doing good, I promise you. I, I already, you know, I already shared with you, um, you're alive, praise God. You, it is doing good. And Father, I pray for those that are discouraged. I pray for those that are um, wrestling with suicidal thoughts or just even thoughts of isolation or escapism. They're hurting God, and I pray for your healing touch and comfort to be in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, amen, amen. Hey, we got open lines, 303-690-3000. Brett's calling from Loveland, Colorado. Brett, welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you. I've been on before, Ed. I, I talked to you about my me and my girlfriend not being married, and we, uh, we're we setting an appointment to talk to church about it. But also, I didn't tell you that that day either. I just wanted to talk about that. But my son's tried to kill himself multiple times. I had to actually jump in front of a vehicle that kind of bumped me to keep it from running into my son. But he's doing great now, and I I just thank God for y'all. I'm I'm so glad I found this radio station because I I want Jesus is like, you want more and more and more of it. And something like y'all helping me learn more about the Bible is awesome. And I just wanted to ask for prayers for my son. He he had quit a job with a fast food chain because he wanted more out of life. He he yes. didn't want to take some yeah crummy. But now he's back with that same place, and he's he's 22 and he's struggling in in life and. Uh, you know, he, he was out of my life. He attacked me, and the state of Texas took over and arrested him. And I didn't talk to him for a year, but he did come back into my life. Okay. And he's, he's, he's walking close to God, and I'm, I'm just so thankful. And I, I know I shouldn't give you advice because you're the one that helps everybody. I just, sure. I, I hope, I, I can't even begin to understand what it feels like to lose your son to suicide. I mean, kind of, but I haven't. So I, oh, I, I really feel for you. And also one of my best friends from 
California told me, because I minister and preach to people, I actually got a girl to accept Jesus Christ as her Savior the other day, because this is what I told God I would do with my life, if he picked me up off my feet. And he didn't just pick me up off my feet. He rose me way up in the air and did so much in my life. Um, you know, he, he brought me to Colorado with, with a great woman. And I just hope you don't think about the, the things you hear on the radio and let them bother you. Because I, all these people I was helping, it was bothering me so much at night that I couldn't sleep because sure. I couldn't fix their problems with the snap of a finger. Well, let me pray for you, brother. And Brett, let me just um, clarify. Uh, let me just clarify for you. My my son did not die because of suicide. Uh, he okay. I'm he died sorry. for I'm... other reasons, but but just so okay. you know, it's I'm sorry. It, it's I'm, still I'm a great loss, but that. it wasn't. Yeah. I understand. And, but we do. It, it is a great loss, and we have some real uh, folks close to our ministry here that that have lost children to suicide. So let's just pray and allow God to minister to us. So, Father, I know that you are doing a great work and uh, in Brett's life, and let uh, we just pray for him. We pray for his son, grateful that he is back at work because any uh, work is meaningful. You ordained it. Um, um, thank you for that, for that faithfulness that you've shown in, in Brett's life, and continue to use him and minister to him. And thank you for his encouragement to me and his care and concern for me and my family and the loss of my son. And uh, that's the body of Christ, God, and, and thank you for allowing me to be a part of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. So good. Hey, tomorrow, 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 Refresh is back. Oh, we are so excited. We took a year off, and um, man, no more. We're doing this. We're jumping in, both feet. We're, we got Refresh tomorrow. And uh, Refresh is our ministry conference. It's open to anyone. We got If you just want to come for good music, come on out. Uh, we're having passion worship teams coming in from Atlanta, Georgia. And they're going to be leading us in worship the whole time. It's just Friday night till about 1 o'clock on Saturday morning. We got food available for you. We got some food trucks that will be ready for you to eat. If you want to get some food trucks there, we're, we got some giveaways. We got a free gift uh, for the first 600 people that register. Those came in. It looks they look amazing. We got our brand new coffee house opened up. Sonder Coffee is going to be running it for us. Um, the 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 ministry that is uh, going on through that wonderful family. We are just so blessed. Um, we're gonna have some Bible studies just to be encouraged in the Lord. We're gonna we're gonna gather together. We're gonna share the gospel. I hope people. I'm gonna give an invitation. I hope people get saved. Grace FM will be there to give away free swag uh, and. It's, it's a happening time. We miss, miss, miss refresh, man. And, uh, you know, previous years, we had it at different venues, which was really great. We were down at Colorado Springs, uh, Rocky Mountain Calvary. It was amazing. I miss it. I miss it. We haven't had it in our building in a few years. So we're ready to go. We're running with the vision. And it's back. And it's back not just for Calvary Chapel, but for the region. It's back for every true Christian church. And it's back for... Um, uh, we're, we're, it's back for, uh, unbelief. You don't have to be saved to come, come on out for good music. Um, uh, but there is registration. There is a cost. It's not free. Um, the cost doesn't really cover the costs. The, the, the fee doesn't cover the cost. Uh, but that's okay. We, we, we know that. And, uh, it's our gift to you. 
we'll cover it. We subsidize it as a church. You got to go to calvaryaurora.org slash refresh, calvaryaurora.org slash refresh. You can register there online. Starts tomorrow night. I don't know. I think the doors open at five, but I don't remember. But we'll be there. We'll be there all day getting ready anyway. A popular song, a text question, a popular Christian song talks about God leaving the 99. Could you tell us where that is in the Bible? Maybe elaborate on it. Yes, yes, yes. What a beautiful worship song that is. Uh, it ministers to us from the heart of God. Um, what a gift that song is to the body of Christ. And here's where it comes from. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him, speaking of Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you, Jesus says, Likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. And so God is comparing, If you as a human being would leave ninety-nine to go after the one, how much more does our Father in heaven go after the leave the ninety nine and go after the one that get that's wandering off and that needs the shepherd's care? I love that song. It is an amazing song, uh, and it it reminds us of God's loves, God's love for us, um, that He would minister to us and go after this and. You know, this is that this is this is one of those songs that unfortunately is um, caught up in controversy because it's titled "Reckless Love," and people want to argue. Well, you know, God's love isn't reckless; it is very specific, and He's very stoic, and He isn't reckless. and And I would agree that the definition of reckless does not apply to the character and nature of God Himself. But the song is more of a reflection of how we respond and what God's love is comes to us and how it's experienced and, and how we, we just, you know, it says, Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You've been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It is not in any way communicating that God is reckless He's very precise and focused and sovereign and providential. But how we respond and how we receive, it just is mind-blowing. His love for us, it, it is heart-penetrating. And we use these English words that we're limited to. 
And I know the the idea behind the song. People are like, well, you know, they could use other words. I know we could, but this was the word that was that was chosen by the songwriter. And you know, I think if we were to examine your language throughout the day, you would describe attributes of God in words that reflect what you receive. But really, I would take you to the Bible. And go, you know what? Uh, there's a better word for that. I bet there is a better word for that. But at the same time, you've experienced God. Uh, you have entered into his presence. You have used a an understanding of a word to describe how you feel and what it feels like to be loved by God and what it feels like that. Why would you like, why would you leave? It's just so overwhelming, overwhelming. And that song comes to us. It's a Bethel song and which brings another controversy well, why are you singing Bethel songs? You're approving their theology. I'm not approving of their theology. I thought it was a great song, theologically accurate, but I'm not approving of their, any more than uh, if I walk into Starbucks, I'm approving of every decision they make with dollars or the employees there, what they're going to do with their paycheck when I buy a, a drink or at a restaurant. Like I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And I'm in the church world, but I don't agree with every doctrine. I, I don't agree with every practice, if you will, um, of... I can so so here's the thing I can I can enjoy a song and I can worship God with a song and not approve of every single thing behind it. Isn't that great? I love it. Refreshes tomorrow. You got to be there. We want you to come. There is a registration required. There is a fee. Bringing out passion worship. Um, hey, tomorrow I'm going to be back with you and hopefully we'll have some guest pastors on because they're all coming in for refresh. So God bless you guys. Love you. Thank you for allowing me to be a small part of your life. And what a joy to serve Jesus with you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.